Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. A year ago today, the United States and the world were told about a virus that was going to kill millions and millions of people. The U.S. president at the time was Donald John Trump, and he was informed by intelligence in November of 2019 there was a disease that was going to come to the United States from another country, and it was going to turn into a pandemic and kill millions of Americans. The sitting president at the time decided to ignore what our intelligence people told him. And instead, in January of 2020, he politicized what was now becoming a pandemic. In March, it really hit this country hard. And by the end of March, the United States and the entire country was completely shut down. Citizens were dying left and right all around the country, and there was no end in sight as to what to do. We had never, ever encountered anything in our lifetime like what is now known as COVID-19. And it is a pandemic that actually locked Americans in their homes where they basically were left, in some cases, to be alone. When people were dying in hospitals, they were not able to say goodbye to their family members. Today marks the one-year anniversary of something that will never, ever be forgotten in the history of anything. It's very hard for me to sit here and to explain what actually happened because I know this all could have been avoided if it weren't for Donald Don Trump ignoring what was right in his face. Mr. Trump went on to politicize this pandemic now that had killed, I believe, over 200,000 people. And when scientists and doctors were coming out and telling us that one of the ways to combat this disease, the sitting president at the time politicized that and said that if you wear a mask, you make him look bad. And sadly, millions of Americans believed him and put their very own lives in danger. Not only their lives, your lives, their family members' lives, their kids. We were told this disease was going to evaporate but in the weather. It was no big deal. When this president hired Dr. Farachi, 
and a few other people that basically ended up being Trump yes people. They said we had to wear masks, but yet they were countermanded by the sitting president of the United States at every turn. Americans paid the ultimate price for listening to a dictator. They paid with their very lives. They paid not being able to say goodbye to their loved ones except over a cell phone or FaceTime. To date, worldwide, 2.62 million people have died from what is known as the coronavirus as of today. In the United States, over 532,000 Americans lost their lives because of our government. Now, we have been blessed by we actually have an incredible president by the name of Joseph Biden, which won an election in historic numbers, over 8 million of his predecessor. Mr. Biden, President Biden, stated when he took office that he would have 100 million Americans vaccinated within 100 days of office. I'm happy to say he is well, he is well ahead of what he promised the American people. The American people are very skeptical for several reasons. Half of our country believes a false god and a false con man that has ruined the emotional and character of our country. Now, after getting the virus under control, we have certain governors that just because numbers are going down, that they too want to sabotage the stopping of the spread of this pandemic disease that literally is still killing thousands of people a day. And I'm at a loss as to understand why. I know it's political, which is sad by itself, but what happened to valuing human life? What happened to us loving each other? What happened to the United States of America being the leader of the free world? We are the wealthiest country around yet we lead the deaths, the cases of this pandemic. That being said, there is three vaccines out there now, and these vaccines, every one of them, 
listen closely, every one of them have 100% accuracy of you not dying if you are vaccinated, of you not being hospitalized. Do not listen to the politicians that are only thinking about themselves. I will speak to Governor Greg Abbott, who lives a a luxury lifestyle in a wheelchair, and someone being disabled as he is, I'm not sure where he is living in what land he is living in, but he is about to make sure that thousands more Texans die. Remember, guys, that we are in control of our country. The government can tell us that we don't have to wear masks. That doesn't mean you have to follow what the government says. Think about this in the most simple way. We followed what the government said up to now. And what's happened? We've lost over 500,000 Americans because of listening to the government. Don't put your families at risk. Don't put yourself at risk. Don't put your friends at risk, your coworkers, anyone, when it's not necessary. We are so close. Continue to wear your mask. Continue to follow the CDC guidelines. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. But we are not there yet. And if we succumb to what these governors are trying to do for political reasons only, we will possibly be wearing masks for the rest of our lives. Because this disease, the pandemic, the way it spreads is it changes the way it moves around the country and how it goes from person to person. And right now we have it under somewhat of a control. I will not say it is under control until no one is dying from this disease. So where our government and the governors are thinking, I don't get it. Listen, it is not fun to be in your home for and by yourself if nothing else and not knowing what's going to happen but listen to me very closely there is hope you must get vaccinated and you must not listen to the political lies of a former fraud of a man who has been vaccinated himself You must get vaccinated if we are to stop this pandemic. But if we adhere and stop wearing masks and return our businesses to 100% capacity where we are cramming people into small places, we get what we deserve. Now, that may sound harsh, but guess what? It is the reality that this country is living in. You control your own destiny about this. As a parent, 
you control your family. As a grandparent, you control your family. As a human being, you control what you do, not the government. Remember that. We would also, at All You Need to Know Radio, like to give a huge shout-out to people that are so often forgotten. The doctors, the first responders, all the emergency room people, all the uh, scientists, and all the people that put their very lives in danger trying to make sure that America returns to the greatness we know she can. But we cannot do it unless all Americans, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, we all have to live on this island together, and there has to be responsibility. May God bless the United States of America, our troops, our first responders, and our doctors, and for God's sakes, wear a mask until the CDC tells you not to, not what the government says. everybody and welcome to all you need to know radio we have a jam-packed show for you tonight don't forget to watch the president of the united states after our show we will be covering that live on today's show we're going to talk about one year today the coronavirus invaded our country all along the world so we're going to talk about that a little bit also president biden keeps his word unlike our former president and passes a historic $1.9 trillion rescue package. How do the American people benefit? Who are the losers and who are the winners? Also, the royal family is being called out as racist? I don't think, I don't know. We got to talk about that. But we have a jam-packed show for you with another song pick of the week. We have current events and world events we'll talk about. And uh, with that, let's get started. As All You Need to Know Radio starts in America and around the world right now. All right, everybody, we want to welcome everybody in America and around the world to the number one show in our time slot, All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host, John Hollywood. Welcome to our world. 
Uh, Tonight's show is brought to you by American Wealth Group. If you are ready to get out of debt, you need to go to Facebook and send them a private message. They'll get in contact with you. Also, in our presence, we are so incredibly honored to welcome my sidekick, my amazing Superman of attorneys and everything else. Almost Woolworths with Woolworths and none. Welcome, sir. How are you doing? Thank you, John. I'm doing lovely. It's another beautiful day here in Dallas, Texas. You know, I sit around and think about how I'm going to introduce you to the world on every show. You know that, right? (laughs) (laughs) I guess I didn't really know that. I I mean, there's (laughs) there's so many good things to say about you. (laughs) That's that's too kind. I don't think I'm necessarily that amazing. I just like to talk about politics. Well, let's let's also let everybody know if you'd like to be part of the show, we do have our switchboard that actually has about 13 calls on it right now. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to go ahead and give the number 516-531-9990. That's 516-531-9990. Not really sure if we're going to take calls because we have a jam-packed show. First of all, one-year anniversary for one of the worst pandemics, if not the worst pandemic in the history of everything, almost. Do you remember where you were when you found out about this horrible disease that has killed over 535,000 Americans alone? 2.6 million over almost 3 million worldwide. Yes, I remember quite clearly because um, it was um, in kind of early March of 2020, or it may have been late February of 2020 when I first heard of the coronavirus. And um, I was scheduled to go, or I I did in fact go, I was scheduled to go to Puerto Rico for a bachelor party for an old, old friend of mine. And um, I seriously considered not going because I was afraid of the disease, but I ended up going. Um, And this was in like March 5th or something. And then we, we returned and maybe 10 days later, uh, they shut down air travel. So um, I, I do remember, you know, the, the beginnings of the coronavirus, but I, I think just like most people, I assumed it would be something more like SARS in China or Ebola, um, where it was, you know, real news and international news, but it wouldn't necessarily be global and kill half a million Americans. Don't think people actually really realize how horrible it was going to be. I did, though. Remember me telling you? You you did tell me pretty early on that you thought it was going to last a long, long time. And um, I, I was a little bit more optimistic, and I was wrong. I'm not saying that. So how do you think that the new president – you know, we before we had a president – who played a president on TV. So he actually wasn't a president and he was an illegitimate president. And that's where we'll leave that at this point. But Mm -hmm. how do you feel like Joe Biden's doing? I mean, I think president Biden is kicking ass and taking names. 
I agree. I'm very pleased with what's happened in the first couple of months. I think it's been what three months, two and a half months since he's been sworn in. And fifty-two I, I, days. My understanding. Fifty-two days. Yeah. So exactly, two, uh, a month and a half, even less than I than I thought. A month and three weeks, and um, that I got my first dose of the, the vaccine on Tuesday of this week at the Fair Park vaccination site run by FEMA, so that's run by the federal government. And there were thousands of other Dallasites getting their vaccine. And, you know, it took him only, you know, a month and a half to set up huge vaccination sites all over the country. Um, So, uh, you know, that's a great win. And then my understanding is, and, um, I'm sure we'll get into some of the details about this later in the show, but um, my understanding is just this afternoon, literally two hours ago or so, Biden signed the uh, $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package uh, into law. It's now the law of the land, and that means um, people are going to get lifted out of poverty. It's going to really help a lot of struggling businesses and individuals and families, especially families with children, and um, the – you know, just those two accomplishments, really, really ramping up vaccine dosing and passing a major relief bill in a month and a half, that's that's lightning fast for the federal government. That's right. Let's listen to uh, President Biden. You're right. He did, in fact, sign it. Listen, let's go to let's go directly to the president's office. Let's do it. Uh, this bill has been discussed and debated. It's clear that an overwhelming uh, percentage of uh, the American people, Democrats, independents, or Republican friends, have made it clear, the people out there, made it clear they strongly support the American Rescue Plan. Yesterday, with the final passage of the plan in the House of Representatives, uh, their voices were heard and reflected in everything we have in this bill. And I believe this is, and most people I think do as well, this historic legislation is about rebuilding the backbone of this country and giving people in this nation, working people, middle-class folks, uh, people who built the country, a fighting chance. That's what the essence of it is. And uh, I'm going to have a lot more to say about that uh, tonight in the next couple of days and be able to take your questions. But in the meantime, what I'm going to do is sign this bill and uh, make the presentation tonight, and then uh, there's going to be plenty of opportunities. We're going to be on the road not only talking about what I'm talking about tonight is the impact on the virus and how we're going to end this pandemic. And we're going to talk about all the elements of the bill beginning uh, on Friday and Saturday through the week. Okay, so there, there, there's a very special announcement that I really want to say on the show because it has to do with vaccines and how Joe Biden is about to address it in a way that no one ever thought he would. I'm going to leave it to the president because I think I don't want to take away. I don't want to take that away from him. Um, I do want to remind everybody that we are supposed to have Joe Biden uh, in June. It was supposed to be next month, but in talking to uh, the campaign people that I've been dealing with, it should be in June. My birthday's in June is what I told the lady at the campaign office. <laughs> I'm wondering if uh, almost and I may be going to D.C. Anyway, we'll figure out 
he, he seems quite busy. Well, I'll be fully vaccinated by then, and I'll get on that plane. <laughs> you definitely will. So um, here's the thing. Um, so we've talked about COVID-19. Please get vaccinated. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you. If you don't get vaccinated, seek help. Just go and get some counseling. And, under, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I need go get counseling to find out why you don't want to get help. Why, you know, it's like if you don't get vaccinated, you're not going to be able to go out into the world. Because what I'm hearing, and I would be for this, is you know how you have a passport? I think you're going to have, there's going to be a coronavirus passport. And before you can travel, before you can go into some restaurants, movie theaters, you're actually going to have to show that like you would show an ID to verify your age. What would you think about that almost? I mean, I think that having some sort of method of verifying that an individual has been vaccinated is very likely to arise. Um, I believe it's probably going to happen in the marketplace. Like it'll be, it'll be a, some sort of private thing rather than a government thing, but I wouldn't be that surprised if it was a government thing as well, even though there's likely to be pushback from civil, civil libertarians um, because of private health information. But I can see, an, you know, something like a um, bar or a music venue or a um, airplane, an airline, saying anyone can be on the flight, Nobody, anyone can come into the bar, no masks, no nothing, show me that you're vaccinated first. And then, you know, the vast majority of people, of Americans who are going to get vaccinated, will be able to show some sort of pass, document, something to prove that they have, in fact, been vaccinated. And um, that... I believe is more likely to happen in the marketplace, like a um, private company is doing it rather than the government. But I, I mean, like, I, I might be wrong. Um, put, put your legal hat on for a minute. Would there be any yes. like discrimination? Like, like if somebody has uh, cancer or HIV or something, <laughs> and you remember the stigmatism with all that, and of course that's all done, gone because of everything that's going so well. Besides the coronavirus, it's killing millions of people. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I, no, I think I understand but, your question. Okay. So, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you do. Go ahead. Okay. I, I, I think that the stigma is more likely to go the other direction, where it's a, 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 st a stigma against individuals who have not been vaccinated. And... Um, you know, it's kind of – it reminds me of the Supreme Court case about the uh, bakery that refused to bake a cake for a homosexual wedding. Um, the conservative Supreme Court found that it was part of their right to free speech. They were allowed to discriminate on that basis because of – it was a private business. And so similarly, you know, private businesses like airlines – um, I think it would likely be constitutional and legal for them to discriminate on the basis of whether or not you've been vaccinated. It's really not – I mean I understand why you're calling it discrimination. I, it's, it's more like rational decision-making based on facts, It's whereas you know, 
prejudices against, for example, people who have HIV, it's not really fact-based. Um, and so I'm loath to call them the same thing. But I understand the, the phrasing. I, and I, like I said, I think that the ultimate likely thing that's going to happen is that private and private companies will demand that individuals show that they've been vaccinated to do things like go to a, a indoor concert without a mask on and that the marketplace rather than the government will solve for that by providing people some sort of like you called it a passport some right. sort well, think of about um, the, think about the vaccines mm-hmm. kids have to get certain mm-hmm. vaccines in order to go to school wouldn't it fall under right. cer- something like that yeah, I mean, it's so – absolutely, um, there are – and exactly, you know, the, the government, including public schools, are in fact allowed to discriminate against individuals who have not been vaccinated for, like, measles or the MMR vaccine, which is highly effective and safe and has been for many, many years. Um, and, and so I, I do think it's similar to that, but then the question becomes, you know, it's a little bit different for you, you show your vaccine information one time to, you know, the public school system and then they let your kid into school versus having to prove that you've been vaccinated at, you know, lots of local businesses. Right. Um, so so hey, it's a little bit quick. different, but it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do me a favor. Hold, hold. Because what we're talking about is very, very important to people. But you hear that music, which means we need to take just a quick break. We're just going to take one or two commercials because this is too important. So we're going to have to push some people out, but that's okay. I'm the boss. I can do that. So this is All You Need to Know Radio (laughs) with uh, Almost's Sidekick with Warwick and Nunn. show is brought to you tonight by American Wealth USA Group. If you're ready to settle your debts, it's a great time to do it, especially with the coronavirus. This is the queen of metal herself, OTEP, Lords of War. Don't touch that dial. All you need to know radio will be right back. Microwave hot dogs, right, Dad? Eat up. I'm doing the cooking tonight. So pick up a KFC $20 fill-up today. Ladders to clean their gutters. Dad, I keep telling you it's dangerous. Climbing ladders is too dangerous. Leaf Filter puts an end to that. So how does it work? Leaf Filter's three-piece system filters out leaves and debris, letting water flow through freely. Do we need to replace our gutters? Great question. Leaf Filter could be installed right on top of your existing gutters. We're sold. Call 833-LEAF-FILTER or go to getleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection and estimate. 
Saturday only at Ashley Home Store's one-day sale. Buy one, get one half off. Buy this sofa, get the love seat half off. Or get 0% interest for four years plus three months payment assistance. Don't miss it. Saturday only at Ashley Home Store. We make it so you can take it on any adventure. But only you can create the memories. We've made it the longest lasting. But only you can make it family. And that's why, for 80 years, we don't make cheap. You do. Right now, get 3750 combined cash allowance plus $750 bonus cash on 2020 Jeep Cherokee models. All right, everybody, welcome back to All You Need to Know Radio. That is Hannah Montana. Wait, that was Miley Cyrus. That's a big difference from Hannah Montana. But Miley Cyrus has become one of the most incredible artists. She's one of my favorite artists. That's off her brand-new album, Midnight Sky. It went number one weeks ago, but I still love that song. This is All You Need to Know Radio, heard exclusively on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday night live from our studios here in Dallas, Texas at 6 p.m. Also, don't forget to become part of our family and follow us on all social media. TikTok is one of my favorite obsessions right now. I'm not even going to give you my name on there because I do some pretty crazy stuff on there, but it's a lot of fun. We're on Instagram, (laughs) Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Tweed. I mean, my God, there's so many of them. But we reach all. We did the tallies yesterday. We reached 507,000 people worldwide. I have a goal of reaching a million by the end of this year, and we're gonna make it happen. Also, guys, make sure you tell your friends and family about All You Need to Know Radio, because if you're not listening to All You Need to Know Radio, you're not in the know. I wouldn't want that to be going on for you. Also, coming up on tonight's show, the royal family is being accused of being the queen of racists. We'll talk about that. Let's get back to tonight's show. We're talking with uh, Almost Woolworths with Woolworths and Nunn, our uh, constitutional lawyer. Amazing man. <laughs> Beautiful heart. <laughs> All right. That's so, really too kind. I, I, I always blush when you introduce me like that. Thank you, John. No problem, my friend. You're amazing. We're very, very fortunate to have you. And I mean, we just, it just works. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So $1.9 trillion passed. Just Mm -hmm. like Joe Biden said it was going to, he did not budge one penny on the dollar amount. He did make some concessions about it, or I might have said that. He did make make allowances, and he he did – like the unemployment was supposed to be $400 a week. He let that go to $300, which I saw that coming anyway. What I find rich – and completely ridiculous is that this president has bent over backwards trying to make this a bipartisan government. 
and he is getting absolutely no help from the GOP. So I want to make an announcement tonight before we go into the trillion, the $1.9 trillion aid package and what it provides, and that is that we a Facebook page, and on that Facebook page, it's going to be all Republicans that did everything to obstruct the American people from being taken care of which is what the government is there for. It's not there for them to play their childish games. And I got that. I got that. Joe Manchin makes me sick. He's a Democrat, and he, I don't know what he's doing. I don't care what he's doing, putting people out. Like he, maybe for him, that extra $100 a week that the American people would have gotten is no big deal to him. But to those people, that's a car payment. Or maybe that's an electric payment. You know, it's just it's just so sad that these people don't get it. What do you think almost? Am I right and, or am I wrong? Mansion, you are you are right as hell, John. And Mansion and Cinema and some of the other um, more moderate Democrats, I believe there were eight of them that voted against the minimum wage increase in the Senate. Um, they're all millionaires. Literally every single Democrat that voted against the minimum wage increase is a millionaire. And it's a shame when we can't have progressive policies because of Democrats in our own party. That, that, that said, you know, I, I understand the, the 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 need for Joe Manchin um, and Cinema to and some others to straddle that line because they live in um, purple states or red states where, um, you know, they're going to face tough reelection battles. Like I, I get it, but um, it, it, the, it creates huge problems for the country. I mean, HR one is a stimulus is a, um, election reform bill that was passed by the House of Representatives, I believe, two days ago, and it will codify um, significant expansion of voting rights and make it much, much, much more challenging for Republicans in states like Georgia and Nevada and Mississippi and Alabama and South Carolina, all across the country, actually are um, in state legislatures, Texas and state legislatures are trying to make it more difficult to vote. And and I don't get that. I mean, why – think about this for me, and then we're going to try – we're going to take mm-hmm. one call. I don't know what this is, but they've called like five times, so I'm curious. Okay. When, when I go to it, they may not have anything to say, but we'll, we'll just try it. We have 17 people holding, but this guy for some reason is – anyway, think about this. Why would the GOP want to make it so hard for people to vote? And we'll get that on the other side. All right. This is John Hollywood with All You Need to Know Radio. We are taking a live call. Your phone number ends with 0437. Who do we have the pleasure we're speaking with? Hey, guys. It's Tom. I've only called once. I'm not sure why I'm calling up five times. Yeah, your number, like, popped up on the – to the point the call screeners, like, Take this call because it keeps coming back. So it could be us, but Tom, we're glad to take your call. Where are you calling from, sir? Yeah. Uh, 
from uh, uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Almost. We we keep. Yeah. I guess we're popular in California. Go ahead. What's your question? Hey, I love Southern California. <laughs> I was just gonna. I was just gonna jump in. It sounds like you were asking why would Republicans want to stop people from voting? That, yes. I mean, like, that's pretty obvious, right? Like, uh, I mean, look. Until Trump, uh, I guess, mobilized a section of this country that I, I guess chose to pretend wasn't around. Uh, you know, the way that you generally won an election was by mobilizing minorities, right? It's not a surprise that every time that the Democrats um, are able to mobilize, you know, really just a small percentage of um, certain, like, actual uh, groups that they win in a landslide. And so, you know, why make it more difficult to vote? If it was very easy to vote by mail, if it was very easy to vote in the ways that were available in this last election, plus you take Trump out of the uh, uh, equation and take his cult following out, I mean, you're probably looking at landslide victories on a Democratic side and growing over time. It will continue to grow over time would be my expectation, right? I mean, it's... Almost you want to take that? that Yeah. Tom, I um, completely agree, and I think that that's good analysis. I would take it one step further and say that um, if we did things in this country that they do in other countries, for example, in Australia, it is illegal not to vote, and you get a small fine, $20.00. If you do not vote and in other countries like in in Switzerland, it's incredibly, incredibly easy to vote with two factor authentication online. Um, And my, my point here is Tom is absolutely correct that if more individuals vote, it tends to favor Democrats. Um, Republicans typically um, – there are certain Republican voters that typically vote in every single election, and it's often much, much easier for um, uh, you know, wealthier, older people to vote because they have stable addresses. They rarely move from their homes, and they typically have stable incomes such that uh, things like voter ID laws or you know, lengthy lines will, will not – lengthy lines which make it harder to take time off of work to vote will not affect um, those wealthier, older folks. Um, also, you know, um, there, there's many other policies that can be effectu- effectuated to make more people vote, but I think Tom's analysis is right on point that um, when more people vote, uh, Democrats tend to win in America. And I will say that there are several Republicans, including recently a Republican lawyer in front of the United States Supreme Court, who have made this argument explicitly. Um, I, I don't want to try to quote him because I'm going to get it wrong, but he said something the, the Republican lawyer for the United States Supreme Court, I believe within the last two weeks, said something along Amy the lines Barrett, that. It was to Amy Coney Barrett. I could not even believe that he said that. I. Right. And he, it was, he came right out and said, you know, when more uh, Democrats vote, excuse me, when more people vote, Republicans have, I think it was something like a competitive disadvantage is the word to use. I think and, something um, like it gives the Democrats an advantage or something that blunt. 
<laughs> I couldn't even believe right. it. It was just, the, as, as, they, as we sometimes say on the show, they said the quiet part out loud. And right. um, I think that that's what I, you know, the reason we started talking about this topic is because I brought up the, the idea of HR1 in the context of Mansion and cinema, because Mansion um, has refused to consider um, uh, nuking the filibuster, the, the Senate filibuster, which, by the way, for all of our legal historians on the line, has no basis in the Constitution. The, the, the founding fathers did not intend for there to be a Senate filibuster, or they would have put it in the Constitution. It was added way later and is undemocratic. Um, so anyway, but the, the, the idea that Manchin would not um, budge on the filibuster, I think it slowly it, it is, is really, really problematic in the context of um, HR1 because of all of the Republican legislatures and states um, passing or attempting to pass uh, new laws restricting voting of various kinds, things that Tom was talking about, mail-in ballots, absentee ballots, um, changes of address, uh, registering ahead of time, um, having um, uh, significant amounts of time for early voting, having uh, voting booths open on nights and weekends. Those are all things that tend to help Democrats. And um, by by codifying that into federal law via HR1, it would really, really neuter Republicans' ability to steal elections using anti-democratic um, restrictions on voting. So it's really, really critical that we can pass HR1 or something like it through the Senate, but we can't do that with Manchin and Cinema and others refusing to alter the filibuster. But I am hearing some grumbling that perhaps they would be open to changing the filibuster's current form such that if they really wanted if the Republicans really wanted to filibuster a bill, they would have to stand on the floor of the Senate and make a speech for for as long as they wanted to filibuster the bill, and then when they could no longer make such a speech, the bill would proceed to a vote. They would invoke cloture. Um, so that's how it used to work until they changed the rules in the mid-2000s where you could just send an email threatening to that's filibuster true. a bill, and that constituted a filibuster. And um, I really think that that's a bad policy for a bunch of reasons, and I'm hopeful that Manchin and some of the other more conservative Democrats will at least move to uh, change the rules of the filibuster if they won't completely alter – if they won't completely remove the filibuster. I know Absolutely. I just said a lot of words. I hope that was followable. It was good. Hey, Tom, can, no, you, give us right. this, can you give us just one second? Almost hold on one second. I need to make an announcement. Sure. All right, guys. We have a great news. Next week, one of my best friends in the world, country music star Ty Herndon, will be joining us live in the studio. Have you ever heard this? Got love. The kind you just want to give away. Go ahead and open up. Go ahead and let the light shine through I know it's hard on a rainy day You wanna shut the world out That's right everybody in America and around the world Country music star Ty Herndon one of my best friends, I love to be able to say that because 
before he came out to the world, I was never able to even really be associated. I remember going to a restaurant and having to leave at a different time than when he did. So being able to shout it to the highest levels of the around the world, country music star Ty Herndon, over seven, eight million albums sold, three, four number one hits. His very first album, What Mattered Most, back in 1995, went number one with Epic Records in like 24 hours. So country music star Ty Herndon on the 18th, don't miss it. All right. So, Tom, thank you for being patient with us. So, did almost kind of get what you were, for you guys getting what each other's saying? Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, I, I think that um, I, I'm so exhausted from politics for the last four four years. Oh, I buddy, I shouldn't be. No, no, no. Take no, a no, deep no, breath because, but, and look beyond politics. Look and say the person that you're 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 done with and you're frustrated with and you're just exhausted with they're irrelevant and they're gone and we now have a man in the white house that is really trying to do the right thing from what i see but here's i guess here's my main main issue with it one they're not gone because the trump victory was i mean they they packed the supreme court they assigned so many judges undoing that is going to be a huge challenge and the second thing is just what really frustrates me, what really frustrates me, and this is what I was, what I was really, and I was probably naive and stupid to think this. After Obama's second, second term, I thought that we were going to get into, a, like, I guess politics where we could actually discuss real legitimate things that matter, right? Not, not this, like, look, I don't care who gets married to each other. I don't care who has an abortion and who doesn't. Like, who cares? People should be allowed to do what they want. The fact that those immigration, man, we wouldn't have half of the best companies in the world housed in this country if we didn't allow immigrants in, all right? So, but what really annoys me is that I am a Democrat, right? A California Democrat. But you know what I'd like to know? Democrats have run my state for a really long time. I'm not going to vote Republicans because they suck. But I'll tell you what, my streets are paid poorly. The school in my neighborhood sucks. I pay California an F load of taxes to accomplish absolutely nothing with. And I'd really like to know, can someone just be a normal politician? This will never happen, well, clearly, in my lifetime either. Can someone just be a normal politician and get up and say, Here's what we're intending to do with your tax. Told you we were going to do with your taxes last time, and here's what we did. Here's why the school system's this. Here's why we're falling behind in this. And here's what we intend to do about it. Here's why we don't have any infrastructure railway system in this country. Here's why we're getting lapped in a million other places by all these places. Here's why we spend all this money on. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Okay, okay. We get it. Almost. We'll never have a third party because either party would lose if a third party popped up. Hey, Tom. We're going to need to go ahead and touch and thank you so much for calling in. Thank you so much for being a part. Please follow us on Facebook, Uh Twitter, Instagram. We with people, but we're running out of time. But almost is going to answer your question as we go. Thank you again. Yeah, let me let me respond to Tom because I feel very similarly to him in a lot of ways where you were hopeful in the second Obama term that we would. 
you know, proceeds to a Clinton presidency and the kind of crazies um, would fade away and we could have an actual adult conversation on some very, very difficult topics like taxation, war, climate change, childhood education, uh, health care. I mean, we, we can think of a lot of really interesting, difficult topics that the federal government could tackle if we had a serious counterparty. But the problem becomes when the opposition party, their only true policy is, you know, cuts for the wealthy and, um, you know, helping certain favored types of business. When that's their only real policy and, you know, their, their faux policies of, you know, abortion and uh, culture war issues are really just made to gin up um, an uneducated and poorly informed base who are, you know, programmed by propaganda. When you get that type of counterparty, it makes progress on the difficult issues incredibly challenging. I mean, we were truly a hair's breadth away from losing our republic and our democracy if Donald Trump's coup had been successful and he you know, successfully overthrew the results of the 2020 election. We weren't that far away from it. And so, you know, yes, obviously we need to work and the Democrats need to do better. And the party in power needs to address the people's needs for a real policy change on the difficult issues of the day. But when the adverse party is so um, fascist and counterfactual and um, – has no respect for ideas such as the rule of law and um, the right of the people to govern themselves. It, it makes progress on anything but the simplest, most basic issues, you know, COVID-19 relief, vaccine distribution, like those are issues that are tackleable in this climate. And it just becomes basically impossible to have an adult conversation with somebody who doesn't want to have an adult conversation. Absolutely. So almost, uh, do we have much more time with you, or do you need your two-minute closing <laughs> argument? Okay, let, let, me, let me do my two-minute warning, John. Thank you. There you are, my friend. Thank you so much. Everything you said just enlightened a whole mm-hmm. bunch of people. On Instagram, people are like, who is this guy talking right now? Wow. <laughs> 76,000 people are watching us on Instagram right now. That's Fantastic. Well, to all of your Instagram listeners and to you, John Hollywood, and everyone else listening on the blog, um, thank you guys so much for giving me this platform and allowing me to talk about the issues of the day. When we have a Democratic president like we have, and we have um, certain congressmen and senators like Bernie Sanders and um, Elizabeth Warren and uh, Katie Porter from California, like our listener, um, who are really fighting for individuals, really fighting for workers and fighting against the billionaire ruling class. We, we can make positive change. It doesn't have to be like this. Um, the government really can be for the people, by the people, and we're working together to make it happen. 
If you're listening and you agree and want to move forward on these challenging issues like healthcare, climate change, appropriate taxation of the wealthy, uh, reducing foreign wars, and helping people afford to live in their homes and apartments, we can do that. But we need a solid democratic majority, and we need to rebuke these false idol-worshipping Republicans who don't like democracy, who don't believe in the rule of law. So if you are listening to me, register to vote and vote in every election against every Republican who is running, including your local elections, which happen every year, often multiple times a year. Um, if, if you're listening... Um, Support Democratic causes and uh, particular congressmen and uh, senators and local leaders who you support on the issues and help them. If you can't donate money, donate time. Um, th there is hope, and the government can do great things for the people of America, and America can do great things for itself. So um, I, I do, uh, again, want to really thank you, John, and to all of the listeners um, on Instagram and on the blog and around the world for this platform. And um, I, I take your vaccine, um, and uh, I love all of you. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Amo. All right, guys. So now let's talk about uh, the uh, $1.9 trillion uh, rescue package that clear that did actually pass, and not one single Republican voted to help the American people that are struggling, for some in cases, their very lives. So real quick, the president is about to be live uh, I'm trying to figure out if we're going to take it live, and I think we're going to. Uh, but real quick, I'm going to go through what the stimulus package includes. Okay, so provides most Americans earning up to $75,000 a $1,400 stimulus check. It extends a $300 weekly federal boost to unemployment benefits through August. That is a major, major victory because the Republicans wanted no state or federal help to the American people at all. These are the people that we paid their salaries, and they sit in judgment on us. They're going to regret it. They're going to be called out on it. And what is so ironic to me is that they get on this, you know, when you become a senator or you – or a House, U.S. House representative, you put your right hand on a Bible and you swear under oath that you will not lie on the floor of the Senate or of the House of Representatives. Almost 95% of Republicans are nothing but liars. They lie. They lie like it's no big deal. And it is. And I really wish that someone out there I tell you what, my dealings in the legal situations right now, you lie to a judge and uh, they can prove it. That's contempt of court. And you can go to jail, to prison, because you cannot swear under oath that you are not going to lie and then lie. And not only are you lying on the floor, it's being televised. 
to 350 million Americans that are counting on our government to take care of us. So shame on every single Republican that were obstructionists under Joe Biden just simply trying to get the American people some help. Back to the stimulus or back to the uh, rescue aid. Um, We are going to go live when the president takes uh, the podium. Um, Sends $350 billion to states and local governments whose revenue has declined because of COVID-19's impact on the economy. Allocates $130 billion to help fully reopen colleges and all schools. Allots $30 billion, listen closely, to help renters and landlords with weather economic losses. Remember, right now, your landlord cannot evict you. If you're renting somewhere, if you are not even on a lease, this is expired. During the COVID-19 pandemic, this, under this new uh, bill that was passed, they ha- can't do anything to you until September 30th. In fact, once you submit the declaration to your landlord, they can't even contact you about your past due bill. There will be several people that will be learning that, that be warned. Because I want to make sure that everybody understands their rights and that no one gets evicted. We had someone here locally, and hats off to the defenders at uh, Channel 5, KDFW, not KDFW, it's KTXA, I believe. And, um, their landlord at an apartment complex, and I don't remember the name of the complex, but they went ahead and ignored the moratorium, and they got a judge to sign the eviction. A constable actually removed this <laughs> poor woman that was already working two and three jobs. Her apartment complex was constantly, constantly sending her past due notices are knocking on her door of when she was going to pay to the point she almost had a nervous breakdown. So what ended up happening, they evicted her. So she had to go and she had to live in a hotel room. (laughs) So sad. I mean, I'm kind of chuckling because if you don't, you have to cry. I mean, it's, it's sad, but guess what? The defenders at channel five got involved and an, an attorney took her case pro bono, and not only did she get to move back in her apartment, they moved all of her stuff back into her apartment and didn't charge her anything, and they gave her a year of rent for free, and I'm sure she got some other financial resources because of them violating an order from the CDC. See, right now, it, it, the, the moratorium for evictions is not done by an executive order. It is done by the CDC director saying that if people are evicted from their homes 
then it puts the pandemic front and center, and people could die just because these landlords want to be horses' asses. I'm speaking to a certain two people because anyway, so no names will be named at this point, maybe at a later date because sometimes people just have to learn a lesson and you just sometimes underestimate who you're dealing with. And they are, they are, I'm a nice guy. My patience is le- is going quick. Anyway, um, yeah, that's all we'll say about that. But uh, if you have any questions about evictions, make sure you send um, – the president is actually on right now. And um, we'll put it on our website, but we have a lot more to go on the show, so I'm not going to do this. What he is talking about is he is talking about what we're talking about. Um, go ahead and get this set up and I'll try to wrap this up pretty quick. But the thing is, is that there are certain things that you must do in order to not, um, get evicted. I mean, like making a payment arrangement with your, um, your landlord is good enough. Um, you must. And I mean, you must send them the uh, declaration notice. And once you send them that declaration notice, you should try. And in this new package, which was not in the other packages, was or is assistance to the tune of over like three billion or thirty billion dollars for um, renters and also for the landlords. So, real quick, we definitely want to um, to go to the president. I want you to hear what he's saying.
and become things we couldn't do broke our hearts. Too often, we turned against one another. A mask, the easiest thing to do to save lives. Sometimes it divides us. States pitted against one another instead of working with each other. Vicious hate crimes against Asian Americans have been attacked, harassed, blamed, and scapegoated. At this very moment, so many of them, our fellow Americans, are on the front lines of this pandemic trying to save lives. And still, still, forced to live in fear for their lives just walking down streets in America. It's wrong, it's un-American, and it must stop. Look, we know what we need to do to beat this virus. Tell the truth. Follow the scientists. The science. Work together. Put trust and faith in our government to fulfill its most important function, which is protecting the American people. No function more important. You need to remember the government isn't some foreign force in a distant capital. No, it's us. All of us. We the people. For you and I, that America thrives. We give our hearts and we turn our hands to common purpose. Right now, my friends, doing just that. And I have to say, as your president, I'm grateful to you. Last summer, I was in Philadelphia and I met a small business owner, a woman. I asked her, I said, what do you need most? I'll never forget what she said to me. She said, looking me in the eye, she said, I just want the truth. The truth. Just tell me the truth. Think of that. My fellow Americans, we owe nothing less than the truth. For all of you asking when things will get back to normal, here is the truth. The only way to get our lives back, to get our economy back on track, is to beat the virus. You've been hearing me say that for while I was running and the last 50 days I've been president. This is one of the most complex operations we've under, under, ever undertaken as a nation in a long time. That's why I'm using every power I have as president of the United States to put us on a war footing to get the job done. Sounds like hyperbole, but I mean it, a war footing. Thank God we're making some real progress now. My first full day in office, I outlined for you a comprehensive strategy to beat this pandemic. We have spent every day since attempting to carry it out. Two months ago, country, this country didn't have nearly enough vaccine supply to vaccinate all or ever near all American people. But soon we will. We've been working with vaccine manufacturers, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, to manufacture and purchase hundreds of millions of doses of these three safe, effective vaccines. And now, at the direction and with the assistance of my administration, Johnson & Johnson is working together with a competitor, Merck, to speed up and increase the capacity to manufacture New Johnson & Johnson vaccine received one shot. In fact, just yesterday, 
I announced, and I met with the CEOs of both companies, I announced our plan to buy an additional 100 million doses of Johnson & Johnson vaccines. These two companies, competitors, have come together for the good of the nation, and they should be applauded for. It's truly a national effort, just like we saw during World War II. Now, because all the work we've done, we'll have enough vaccine supply for all adults in America by the end of May. That's months ahead of schedule. We're mobilizing thousands of vaccinators to put the vaccine in one's arm. Calling active duty military, FEMA, retired doctors and nurses, administrators, and those to administer the shots. And we've been creating more places to get the shots. We've made it possible for you to get a vaccine at nearly one, any one of 10,000 pharmacies across the country, just like you get your flu shot. We're also working with governors and mayors in red states and blue states to set up and support nearly 600 federally supported vaccination centers that administer thousands of shots per day and drive up to a stadium or a large parking lot, get your shot, never leave your car, and drive home in less than an hour. We're sending vaccines to hundreds of community health centers all across America located in underserved areas. We've been deploying and we will deploy more mobile vehicles and pop-up clinics to meet you where you live so those who are least able to get the vaccine are able to get it. We continue to work on making at-home testing available. We've been focused on serving people in the hardest-hit communities of this pandemic, Black, Latino, Native American, and rural communities. What does all this add up to? I took office 50 days ago. Only 8% of Americans after months, only 8% of those over the age of 65 had gotten their first vaccination. Today, that number is 65%. That's 14% of Americans over the age of 75, 50, 50 days ago had gotten their first shot. Today, that number is well over 70%. With new guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, that came out on Monday, it means simply this. Millions and millions of grandparents went months without being able to hug their grandkids can now do so. And the more people are fully vaccinated, the CD will continue to provide additional guidance on what you can do in the workplace, places of worship with your friends, as well as travel. I came into office, you may recall, I set a goal that many of you said was a kind of way over the top. I said I intended to get 100 million shots in people's arms in my first 100 days in office. Tonight, I can say we're not only going to meet that goal, we're going to beat that goal. Because we've actually on track to reach this goal of 100 million shots in arms on my 60th day in office. No other country in the world has done this. None. I want to talk about the next steps we're thinking about. First, tonight, I'm announcing that I will direct all states, tribes, and territories to make all adults, people 18 and over, 
eligible to be vaccinated no later than May 1. Let me say that again. All adult Americans. Places of worship with your friends, as well as travel. When I came into office, you may recall, I set a goal that many of you said was that kind of way over the top. I said I intended to get 100 million shots in people's arms in my first 100 days in office. Tonight, I can say we're not only going to meet that goal, we're going to beat that goal. Because we're actually on track to reach this goal of 100 million shots in arms on my 60th day in office. No other country in the world has done this. None. I want to talk about the next steps we're thinking about. First, tonight, I'm announcing that I will direct all states, tribes, and territories to make all adults, people 18 and over, eligible to be vaccinated no later than May 1. Let me say that again. All adult Americans will be eligible to get a vaccine no later than May 1. That's much earlier than expected. Let me be clear. That doesn't mean everyone's going to have that shot immediately, but it means you'll be able to get in line beginning May 1. Every adult will be eligible to get their shot. To do this, we're going to go from a million shots a day that I promised in December, before I was sworn in, to maintaining, beating our current pace of 2 million shots a day. Secondly, at the time when every adult is eligible in May, we will launch, with our partners, new tools to make it easier for you to find the vaccine and where to get the shot, including a new website that will help you first find the place to get vaccinated and the one nearest you. No more searching day and night for an appointment for you and your loved ones. Thirdly, with the passage of the American Rescue Plan, and I thank again the House and Senate for passing it, and my announcement last month of a plan to vaccinate teachers and school staff, including bus drivers, we can accelerate massive nationwide effort to reopen our schools safely and meet my goal that I stated at the same time, about 100 million shots, of opening the majority of K-8 schools my first 100 days in office. This is going to be the number one priority of my new Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona. Fourth, in the coming weeks, we will issue further guidance on what you can and cannot do once fully vaccinated to lessen the confusion, to keep people safe, and encourage more people to get vaccinated. And finally, fifth, and maybe most importantly, I promise I will do everything in my power. I will not relent until we beat this virus. But I need you, the American people, I need you. I need every American to do their part. That's not hyperbole. I need you. I need you to get vaccinated when it's your turn and when you can find an opportunity. And to help your family your friends, your neighbors, get vaccinated as well. Because here's the point. If we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, 
by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends, will be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout or a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. That doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups will be able to get together. After this long, hard year, that will make this Independence Day something truly special, where we not only mark our independence as a nation, but we begin to mark our independence from this virus. To get there, we can't let our guard down. This fight is far from over, from over as I told the woman in Pennsylvania. I will tell you the truth. July 4th, with your loved ones, is the goal. But a goal, a lot can happen. Conditions can change. The scientists have made clear. Honesty. Oh, my God. There's no variants of the virus to spread. We've got work to do to ensure that everyone has confidence in safety and effectiveness of all three vaccines. So my message to you is this. Listen to Dr. Fauci, one of the most distinguished and trusted voices in the world. He's assured us the vaccines are safe. They underwent rigorous scientific review. I know they're safe. Vice President Harris, Harris and I know they're safe. That's why we got the vaccine publicly in front of cameras so for the world to see so you can see us do it. The first lady and the second gentleman also got vaccinated. Talk to your family, friends, your neighbors, the people you know best who've gotten the vaccine. We need everyone to get vaccinated. We need everyone to keep washing their hands, stay socially distanced, and keep wearing the mask as recommended by the CDC. Because even if we devote every resource we have, Beating this virus and getting back to normal depends on national unity. National unity isn't just how politics and politicians vote in Washington, what the loudest voices say in cable or online. Unity is what we do together as fellow Americans. Because if we don't stay vigilant and the conditions change, then we may have to reinstate restrictions and get back on track. Please, we don't want to do that again. We've made so much progress. This is not the time to let up. Just as we were emerging from a dark winter into a hopeful spring and summer is not the time to not stick with the rules. Close with this. We've lost so much over the last year. We've lost family and friends. We've lost businesses and dreams we spent years building. We've lost time, time with each other. And our children have lost so much time with their friends, time with their schools. No graduation ceremonies this, this spring. No graduations from college, high school, moving up ceremonies. You know, and there's something else we lost. We lost faith in whether our government and our democracy can deliver on really hard things for the American people. But as I stand here tonight, we're proving once again something I've said time and time again, so you're probably tired of hearing me say it. I say it to foreign leaders and domestic alike. It's never 
ever a good bet to bet against the American people. America is coming back. The development, manufacture, and distribution of vaccines in record time is a true miracle of science. It's one of the most extraordinary achievements any country has ever accomplished. We also just saw the Perseverance rover land on Mars. Stunning images of our dreams that are now reality. Another example of the extraordinary American ingenuity, commitment, and belief in science and one another. And today, I signed into law the American Rescue Plan, an historic piece of legislation delivers immediate relief to millions of people, includes $1,400 in direct rescue checks, payments. That means a typical family of four earning about $110,000 will get checks for $5,600 deposited at their direct deposit or in a check, a treasury check. It extends unemployment benefits. It helps small businesses, lowers health care premiums for many provides food and nutrition, keeps families in their homes, and will cut child poverty in this country in half, according to the experts. And it funds all the steps I've just described to beat the virus and create millions of jobs. In the coming weeks and months, I'll be traveling along with the First Lady, the Vice President, the Second Gentleman, members of my cabinet, to speak directly to you to tell you the truth about how the American Rescue Plan meets the moment. And if it fails at any pace, I will acknowledge that it failed, but it will not. About how after long, dark years, one whole year, there is hope and life, better days ahead. If we all do our part, this country will be vaccinated soon. Our economy will be on the mend. Kids will be back in school. We'll have proven once again that this country can do anything, hard things, big things, important things. Over a year ago, no one could have imagined what we were about to go through. Now, we're coming through it. It's a shared experience binds us together as a nation. We are bound together by the loss and the pain of the days that have gone by. We're also bound together by the hope and the possibilities of the days in front of us. My fervent prayer for our country is that after all we've been through, come together as one people, one nation, one America. I believe we can and we will. We're seizing this moment in history I believe will record. We faced and overcame one of the toughest and darkest periods in this nation's history. Darkest we've ever known. I promise you, we'll come out stronger with a renewed faith in ourselves, a renewed commitment to one another, to our communities and to our country. This is the United States of America. There's nothing, nothing, from the bottom of my heart I believe this, there's nothing we can't do. We do it together. So God bless you all. 
please, God, give solace to all those people who lost someone. May God protect our troops. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Look forward to seeing you. All right, guys, so that was President Joe Biden, not even in office 60 days and already keeping his promises. So compare that to what we had, and that's where it is. We need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is All You Need to Know Radio, heard exclusively on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday night at 6 p.m., Please make sure you tell your friends and family about us. We did a tally today. On social media, we reach over 507,000 people worldwide. I want a million. Can you help me make it there? Make sure you tell your friends and family about us. Make sure you follow us. Everybody who follows us on Instagram in the next 30 minutes, we will refollow you back. Remember, if you're not listening to All You Need to Know Radio, You're not in the know. Don't be that person. Be smart. Tonight's show is brought to you by American Wealth USA Group. If you're ready to get out of debt and stop paying all that interest and all those phone calls, they're the best to do it. Go to Facebook and send them a private message. This is the late, the great Whitney Houston, Million Dollar Bill. We'll We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. The Royals, are they racist? just won't stop no matter how many times you block their phone numbers no matter how many times you tell them that you can't pay them they still harass you hi this company is called American Wealth Group USA and they are ready to go to work for you today if you are tired of not knowing what to do with your debt they have the answers for you with over 30 years of experience of the CEO of this company in the credit in debt industry, he knows and his company knows all the ins and outs of what creditors can and cannot do to consumers. So they may not be lawyers, however, they do know the law and they do have access to lawyers. So if this sounds good to you and you are tired of being in debt, let me tell you something. Right now is one of the best times to jump on this. Call 469-399. 6390. That is 469-399-6390. You can also find this them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at American Wealth Group USA. Listen, it's a scary thing out there when you have debt, and it's more scary when we have a pandemic that is going on in our country right now, and you're like, okay, what do I do here? 
Um, do I pay my bills or do I put food on my table? Let me answer that question directly to you. You put food on your table. Your bills will wait. One good thing about this, though, is that your creditors are sitting back not knowing if they're going to get paid or not. So right now, you need the experience and the expertise of American Wealth Group USA to go to work for you right now and settle your debts for pennies on the dollar. We have settled debts owed of American Express of a guy that had cancer. He owed over $140,000. And once we proved to American Express he had cancer, we settled it for $5,000, two payments, and this guy was ecstatic. And by the way, yes, he did survive his cancer. So understand there is something you can do to stop those phone calls, to stop the mail, to stop the just craziness of debt collecting. It is a very frustrating thing, especially if you don't know what they can and cannot do. Also be aware there are a lot of scam artists out there and under federal law, no debt settlement company or debt negotiation company can take any money from a consumer unless they have collected from your creditors. That is not legal advice. It's just the federal law. And we want to make sure everybody is playing by the rules. So why not give someone a call that knows the rules inside and out, over 30 years of experience, American Wealth Group USA 469. incredible voices in the world. You definitely need to see her uh, virtual. She's still doing concerts and everything like that. Go to Spotify, anywhere you can get music. She has so many number one songs, I can't even uh, tell you. Her, Me and her brother, her, his brother, she has a brother named Freddie. We actually follow each other on Instagram, so I kind of get a little insight on her sometime. I'd love to get her on the show. We'll see what we can do. So let's go to Entertainment Showcase. In just something I never really thought I would be talking about on my show, um, the royal family is being accused by one uh, by Prince Harry, his wife, that they're racist. That they asked what they were concerned the color of the baby, um, and the queen herself did the interview. And I have to tell you, it's um, it's pretty mind-blowing. But, you know, Oprah Winfrey, she, she knows what to do. She knows how to, to, to make everything. You know, 
some people, when they interview people, they're not sure the questions to ask. That's not a problem that Miss Winfrey has. And uh, it doesn't matter who you are. Oprah Winfrey never takes an interview where there is a limitation on the questions that you can, can be asked. So I think that, um, that Prince Harry and uh, Meghan Markle were a little taken back by some of the questions that they were asked. However, I really think that uh, Oprah Winfrey was the one that was blown away. Let's listen to Oprah right now talk to her best friend, Gail King, on CBS this morning. You'll see what we mean. Then we're going to play you a couple of excerpts of the couple interview with Oprah Winfrey. Here we go. Break where Harry wants to make it very clear, it seems, that he did not blindside the Queen. We left, I don't know if you could hear it, with a bite where you said, Doesn't the Queen get to do what the Queen wants to do? He had made several attempts to see his grandmother. Yes, and I think uh, that was such an important story uh, to be shared last night. Uh, in the process of trying to um, edit this three hours and 20 minutes down to an hour and 25 minutes, mm. I'd said to my team, the most important question to be answered here at the end of this show will be, why did they leave? And I think the stories about being blindsided, uh, blindsiding the queen were very, very damaging to them and also hurtful because they understood very clearly that there had been months and months of preparation before they actually moved to Canada. And, and, and truthfully, there was a statement by the queen, Her Majesty the Queen, on January 18th in which she said, uh, following many months of conversations and more recent discussions, I am pleased that together we have found constructive and supportive way forward for my grandson and his family. So the queen on January 18th actually said that there had been months of conversation, but in spite of that, there were still all of those stories about blindsiding the queen, blindsiding That's the queen. That's why the details so are I'm very important. happy that... That is why the details are important. All right, so that was Oprah talking to Gail King about the some of the highlights of this. Let's uh, hear from Prince Harry himself. What was that conversation? That conversation I'm never going to share. Um, but at the time, at the time it was awkward. I was a bit shocked. Um, can, you, can you tell us what the question was? No, I don't, I'm not comfortable sharing that. They say it was that lack of support that ultimately led them to step away from royal life. Do you think you would have left or ever stepped back were it not for Meghan? Mm. No, I, the answer to your question is no. I you would not have. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been able to because I myself was trapped. Please explain how you, Prince Harry, raised in a palace in a life of privilege literally a prince, how you were trapped. Trapped within the system, like the rest of my family are. My father and my brother, they are trapped. They don't get to leave, and I have huge compassion for that. Harry also revealed his family cut him off financially last year. But I've got what my mum left me, and yeah. without that, we would not have been able to do this. Okay. 
so, you know, touching back on what you asked me, what my mum would think of this, I think she saw it coming. And I certainly felt her presence throughout this whole process. So the whole thing also that they don't really touch on very much in the interview is that the media in Britain was hounding Megan so badly that it was reminiscing about when Prince Princess Diana was was killed by the let's just let's just be honest I mean they were chasing her in a car just to get pictures of her like they didn't have enough pictures of this woman I mean if you've ever watched The Crown you don't laugh at me uh, I highly recommend it because it shows you like right now in season four they are addressing the situation with um, with Princess Diana. And the way they're portraying her, I don't know if it's completely accurate. The person that I saw, I specifically remember where I was. I was at the Latour uh, High Rises on, uh, I believe it was McKinney in downtown Dallas, um, when she was killed. And I remember watching the paparazzi trying to get inside the car that was mangled, trying to get pictures of her taking her last breath. And it was just unbelievably disgusting. And if you'll remember, they actually, the, the palace and the Royal family actually did not take Diana's death seriously as the people of Britain did in fact, they put so many roses and tributes to Princess Diana that you couldn't even enter that part of the palace. It was covered. It was incredible. And the queen actually started losing popularity time since she's been on the throne. You know, she's been on the throne since she was 25 years old. And granted, she didn't ask for a lot of this. I mean... But the bottom line is, is, as queen, she usually makes really good decisions. This was a very bad decision about Diana's death. I say all that because Harry really saw what was going on with Megan and Megan asking for professional help. And she calls it the institution, which I find interesting because in The Crown, that's how they reference the the monarchy basically and like when the queen's sister right when she took when the queen of you know queen elizabeth became became the queen her sister wanted to get married and the crown forbid it <laughs> they said no you will take attention away from what the queen is doing and away from the crown so they made they made a promise to her and the queen made a promise that if you'll wait for a year and let things die down, then you can get married with our, with our blessings. Well, another year goes by, and the queen is not so popular because of her husband doing some kind of crazy stuff or whatever. Um, not very royal. <laughs> but then they still denied her sister the right to marry. And the only way she could marry was to lose her royal status. 
And to me, that's just so unfair. But the thing is, is that it's a completely different way of life than what the American people do. And I actually was talking to my ex and other people. And at first, I really did not believe Megan Markle. She is an incredible actress. Remember, she was on Suits. Um, But then I started really doing some investigating and research because if I'm going to get on here and put my reputation of my show, my credibility, and I'm going to make a statement that I don't believe this woman, I wanted to have some severe facts to back it up, and I never found them, Um, and my ex hadn't watched it. So I actually talked to – I'm not going to say who, but they're in my family, and they kind of agreed with me. They weren't sure, but I will tell you right now, I 100% believe every bit of this story, and Prince Harry – if you want to leave Megan, you're you're welcome to come to Dallas and move in with me. <laughs> Prince Harry has always been uh, one of my passes. I don't know. In my last relationship, I could pretty much do what I want. Anyway, but Prince Harry is an amazing guy. Uh, I actually had a, a friend that I will not divulge, but when he was got on all that trouble in Las Vegas and all those naked pictures were taken, nice ass on this man. Anyway. Um, Prince Harry, if you watch the interview, Prince Harry looks brokenhearted when he talks about the no relationship between him and his father. Now, after the interview and things like that, it is coming out that his father's reaching out to him or Prince Harry's reaching out to him. But let's hear, just to be fair, here's what the Queen says. Tuesday, the palace released a statement on behalf of Queen Elizabeth saying, quote, the whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. The issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. The statement adds that while some recollections may vary, they are, quote, taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. The palace ends by saying that Harry, Meghan, and their son, Archie, will always be much-loved family members. I will warn the Queen of England, uh, Queen Elizabeth, those are the exact words that she used with the Prime Minister about Princess Diana's death, that she wasn't doing anything, and she wasn't going to respond to this any further because it was a family matter and a private issue. Listen, Miss Queen, (laughs) Queen Elizabeth. Don't make that mistake again because people will only allow you to make that mistake a certain amount of time. And then they'll get rid of the monarchy. I mean, why do they need it anymore? I mean, 70% of people right now are so angry at the way you guys have responded to this in the royal communications. We actually got a letter from the royal communications, which I never thought I would get from being on my show. I wish everybody the best. I hope Megan gets the help that she needs. I hope that the royal family for once maybe puts the crown aside and remembers what family means, what loving and taking care of your family means. I understand tradition, but in today's society, you could lose your loved one 
tomorrow, today, in the next minute. Do you really want to risk that? I wouldn't. I caution you, Queen Elizabeth, don't make this a private matter. It's not a private matter. Millions and millions of people are judging you, and you deserve the right to explain the, the why you feel the way you feel. Are you a racist, Queen Elizabeth? Is the royal family a race? Or they, they don't like black babies. They don't like colored babies. The way this was put in the interview, it made my stomach just turn when Megan said that Archie, which is the name of their son, was told that he would have – not he was told, but Megan was told by the firm or whatever they're calling themselves that Archie would have no security, no title. He would not be able to go to any royal events. And Megan, the very last thing that they said to her as she is already in tears of hearing that her son is not going to have security, I don't think she gives a damn about a title. I mean, my God, so many people would have to die for the son to become king. It wouldn't be even funny. But the next thing out of their mouth is we're concerned about the color of the child. Really? What a bunch of hypocrites you guys are and privileged assholes. Seriously, get it together. With that, we're out of time. Right now, guys, we have an incredible situation going on, and it is this. We have one party that is really trying to make changes in our country and make it where people can maybe have some sense of normalcy in their life. We have another party that doesn't want to do anything but lie their ass off. Now, remind me, when you are sworn in as a senator or a House of Rep- in the House of Representatives, you put your right hand on a Bible and you swear under oath that you will not lie on the Senate floor or the House floor. Every, I would say 97% of Republicans are nothing but liars. However, if you keep voting and putting those people back in office, it's your fault. You get what you get. Don't bitch about it. Vote. That's what we need to do. We need to get these white, racist Congress people, and not only white, racist women, out of Congress, out of our government. They do not belong there. That is not what America is about. Maybe back 70 years ago, okay, we're in 2021. We are a new country. We are divided because of a man we will not even give credit to. I will tell you, he showed up at his hotel (laughs) uh, in New York, and uh, it was actually publicized all over social media, whoever could do social media, and it was on TV in the news that he was going back to his New York apartment, and 
three people, literally three people were standing outside with signs of support. He's done. He's irrelevant. Thank you, Jack from Twitter, the owner of Twitter. Cut his legs under out, out from underneath him. What we have got to do is start working together. And if the Republicans do not want to get on board, hold them accountable. Like I told you, we're going to start a website that is going to start calling these politicians, not just Republicans, like Joe Manchin. Why is Joe Manchin voting against the people that need help? I mean, maybe $100 to him a week doesn't matter. Why don't we take $100 a week off his salary, and let's see about that. Stop playing political games with the American people's emotions, financial, head, mental, everything. Do your job or get the hell out of our house. Remember, you were voted in. You were not appointed for life like a federal judge. With that, I'm John Hollywood, your host. Keep preaching for the stars because that's where it all begins. Never let anyone tell you who to love, how to love, or how to make your dreams come true. Two more things. Most importantly, Ty Herndon, country music star Ty Herndon, one of my best friends in the world, which I can now finally say that after knowing him for many, many, many years. I mean, we would go to a restaurant before he came out in 2014, and I'd have to leave at a different time. I am so proud of Ty, and he is going to talk about new music. He is going to talk about the LGBTQ Equality Act that was passed a couple of weeks ago and the importance of it. He is also going to just talk to us about everyday life. As far as how with being an artist, being an artist and not being able to perform in front of people. And he's going to tell you some pretty things that have actually helped me personally in my life. And Ty, for the very first time, is going to let us in his personal life. And I am so ecstatic about it. I don't even know what to say, but I can't wait for him to be on our show. And of course, no questions are off limits because I like Oprah Winfrey. It's the only way I do interviews. Uh, But this is really not going to be an interview. This is going to be me sitting down talking to one of my good friends. He may even take some calls live. He may play us some new music from his new album, it's about to come out. I can't tell you when, but I do know. Um, also, if you'd like to email questions to him, I know he will answer those. You can do that to all you need to know radio at gmail.com. In the subject line, please put Ty Herndon and then put your question, and we will get you as many questions as we can. So, guys, one really sad thing that is happening right now and the president addressed it a little bit and that was that um, people are about to try to start not wearing masks 
let me tell you something. If you do that, you're a moron. Let me tell you what's going on. There are governors that are all Republicans. No Democratic Republican or no Democrat governor is doing this. Like, sadly, our governor, Governor Greg Abbott, is is getting rid of the mask mandate. You know what? Maybe Greg Abbott needs to fall out of his his uh, wheelchair, hit his head on the floor. Maybe it will wake him up to the reality of where Texas is right now, and maybe he will remember the last time he made such a stupid and egotistical mistake. Thousands of people in Texas died. We do not want a repeat of that. I will tell you, we ran out of time, but we actually went to people today. I did, and I interviewed 14 people. Four of them are on uh, tape, and we will be posting these on our social media because we ran out of time. And out of all the people that I spoke with, one nurse said that she thought that we did not need to wear masks anymore. And I told her she should turn her license in. She's not qualified to be a nurse. She didn't like that very much. But everybody else at Starbucks actually applauded me. They really did. And, you know, sometimes you just got to be honest with people. And people, if you can't take the honesty, too bad. That's just what it is. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. The show has been two hours tonight. My God. Thank you again, President Biden, for keeping your word and getting this package passed. If you have any questions, you're welcome to private message us on Facebook. Give us a little bit of time because we do have a lot of people, but we will get back with you. Okay? With that, wear a mask until the CDC says you don't need to. We're so close. Don't mess it up, please. Okay? Until next week, Ty Herndon, country music star. Seven, almost, no, ten Billboard top hits. Seven to eight million albums sold. My God. He just did a song called uh, Orphans of God with the incomparable Emmy winning. I mean, (laughs) hopefully she's going to be on the show too. Kristen Chetowick did the song with Ty Herndon called Orphans of God. Within 24 hours, that song was number one in on iTunes. Also, Ty Herndon has a new album called Gifted. That album is also number one on iTunes. Until next week, take care of each other. Good night. Live from Dallas, Texas. Mwah. <laughs>